Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps, and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis, and I am in the business of impacting people's lives for the better. I have helped over 500 people just like you transform their health and wellness, and I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the members-only content that Clovis has to offer, free for a full seven days. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start, S-T-A-R-T, IamClovis.com slash start. You will find some videos of yours truly, and you will find some incredible testimonies from some of my Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the unbelievable stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 21 pounds in 19 days, 100 pounds in 6 months. You name it, I've got somebody that's done it. Check out IamClovis.com start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, including the Perfect Paleo Powder, just head over to IamClovis.com. Use promo code PERFECTPODCAST. Again, PERFECTPODCAST, all one word, at checkout, and you will receive 10% off your entire first order at IamClovis.com. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. The Alkaline Diet, Fact or Fiction? In all honesty, this is an episode that almost didn't happen. What happened was I had a Clovis client reach out to me and ask if I had ever done an AMA on the alkaline diet. She was afraid of eating red meat because she had heard that it was acidic and caused cancer and cancer thrives in a acidic environment and this, that, and the other thing. And it helped me realize that there are a lot of people who hear these types of claims thrown around just so haphazardly in the social media space and it sticks in their brains and they really start to think that these things are true. And once those things have been planted in your brain, they can be hard to get out. It's kind of like the calories in, calories out myth. People are still wrapped around this, they could have consumed every piece of Clovis content I have ever put out. And in their head, they still think less calories is better, no matter what. And it was just another example of how powerful this sort of brainwashing can be. Just read a single headline from a clickbait article and you get this seed planted in your head that you just can't shake. So this particular interaction with this one client made me think of a Facebook post that I had seen a couple weeks earlier with a woman that I know whose husband's mother had been diagnosed with cancer. And she basically wrote this Facebook post and said, any and all recommendations are welcome. Well, her comment thread just turned into an explosion of vegan, vegetarian, juicing, fruititarian, whatever, All these claims that removing meat from the diet will somehow cure this woman's cancer. And I just found this to be so disturbing and so irresponsible. And like I say in the beginning of this episode, I think most people are well-meaning. They are really trying to help. If you Google the alkaline diet, you will find unbelievable claims of how powerful this diet is at curing just about anything that ails you. But... If you dig deeper the way that I did, you will find there is no scientific data to back this up. Another thing that you will hear me touch on at the end of this episode that I really want to make clear here in the intro is I am not anti-alkaline foods. I am anti-bullshit claims, okay? Now, I want you to eat just about as many leafy green vegetables per day as you can possibly stomach, but I also want you to eat some really high-quality animal protein because it is incredibly good for you. Animal proteins are gram for gram the most nutrient-dense foods on the freaking planet, everybody. 
so eat them. They do not cause cancer. Okay? Glad we cleared that up. Here we go. Live, ask me anything. Number 41, the alkaline diet, fact or fiction. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Welcome to Live, Ask Me Anything, number 41. I'm very excited. We live in strange times. Why am I excited? Because I ordered this less than two hours ago, and they brought it to my house and delivered it with Amazon Prime Now, along with some other things. I got some Tupperware, I got some of this, I got some Taza chocolate bars, I'm very excited. Went on there, they said, we'll give you $5 off your first order, and they said, for $4.99, we'll bring it to your house in like an hour. And I was like, that's cool, I'm kind of busy. Except confirm order, because I'm an American. That's how we do things. Mountain Valley spring water, ladies and gentlemen, amazing, to your door. Anyway, let's get started. What a strange beginning to this. <laughs> let's make sure that I'm live. I'm gonna take a swig of my Mountain Valley spring water as this loads. Load page, hold on. Ooh, it says live. Hooray, this is good news. God, this stuff is so good. <laughs> All right, click for more. We got people in here. Hi, Jackie, how you doing? Hi, Jackie, hi, Sean, hi, Natalie, hi, Carla, hi. Two other people. Those aren't names. It just says two other people. That's random. Oh, you noticed the plaque. Okay. I was I was hoping it would take to like the end of the episode to somebody to notice it. I was like, I'm gonna put it there. Why not? That's kind of funny. Hold on, guys. Alright, here we are. Weekly live ask me anything. This is number 41. Crazy. Crazy amount of weeks. Uh, do what you're supposed to do, which is click all of the happy face buttons and everything immediately. Click the laughy one, click the happy one, click the angry one or the sad one. I don't know how you're feeling. I'm not the boss of your emotions. You do what you want, right? Tonight. We are talking all about the alkaline diet. I'm calling this one, ask me anything, number 41, the alkaline diet, fact or fiction. And that's what we're gonna be talking about. For those of you that don't know, my name is Justin Nault. You have stumbled upon a live ask me anything with Clovis, building a healthy life together, 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 together. Live podcast intro. See what I did there? Awesome, right? Um, anyway, this is where I take questions from my followers, the audience, the Clovis community, mostly at the Clovis Academy, facebook.com slash groups slash the Clovis, no, facebook.com slash groups slash Clovis Academy. That's the one. We're on the Clovis Culture page. That's different. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Clovis Academy. Join that group. It's free. You will be with over 1,300 other members that ask me questions all the time, and I respond to all of them, don't I? Especially if you tag me in the post. That is a little hint. If you really want an answer from me, it's impossible for me to see all the posts because there is so much engagement in there, tons of testimonies, tons of questions, full-blown conversations, before and after pictures, recipe sharing has become a really big thing on this platform, which is really great, I love that. There's some great recipes, speaking of which, there is a Clovis recipe book around the corner, so stay tuned for that. Um, so what happened with this one is, I basically realized that a lot of people have bought into this alkaline diet thing. And I understand why, okay? If you haven't heard of this, you're probably better off, unless you're part of like the, the standard American diet. If you're just eating a standard American diet of processed junk, then you probably would see some kind of benefit from this. But odds are you've already heard of this and you have been told that it's the cure for disease right? It's the cure for everything from cancer to osteoporosis and whatever the hell else they decide to throw into that. So this particular episode, the alkaline diet fact or fiction is going to untangle some of that for you. I'm going to explain how some well-meaning people, maybe not all well-meaning people have gotten things a little bit confused. We're going to explore all of the primary claims of the acid alkaline hypothesis. We're going to talk about what they get right, very little, and what they get wrong, and we'll discuss the, the claims about things such as cancer. The one that really drives me nuts, the main reason why I am doing this episode is because of the cancer aspect of this thing. We're going to jump into some very basic biochemistry that you will be able to follow. I promise you it's not gonna be crazy over your head, right? We're gonna teach you the biochemistry so you can dig a little bit deeper and understand this alkaline, acid alkaline hypothesis beyond the clickbait Facebook headlines. You guys know how I love the clickbait headlines. Drives me crazy, right? So we're gonna talk about the actual scientific data, how it has been twisted to fit a particular narrative. Okay, that's what we're gonna get into. So to give you guys an idea, if you don't know who I am, my name is Justin Nault. I am the founder of Clovis. I invented a line of nutritional products called the Perfect Paleo 
powder. I am a certified nutritional therapist. I am a certified specialist in sports nutrition. I am a certified specialist in fitness nutrition, and I transform people's lives. We lose weight. We lose inches. We have non-scale victories. People quit their jobs. They become entrepreneurs. All the crazy things. You can see those testimonies and more at IamClovis.com. Check that out, okay? IamClovis.com. Go check out all the crazy testimonies. 100 pounds in six months, 50 pounds in eight weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 10 pounds in seven days, whatever you're looking for. I probably have a client who has done it. I have transformed over 500 lives. I am here to transform as many more as I possibly can in my short time on this earth. That's what we're working towards. Let's dive into AMA number 41 because as I promised you guys, I'm trying to get these things down to one hour just to make things easier, easier okay? Alcohol diet kills all virus, disease, and everything wrong with you. That's, we're gonna jump into that. I'm glad that you posted that comment and you should know a lot of things by the end of this episode, okay? You're gonna learn some things. We're gonna jump into that. So, let's start with this acid alkaline hypothesis. First off, let me do a time check. Yeah, 808, cool, we're looking good. Okay, so, first and foremost, I want you to understand that this entire hypothesis, this acid-alkaline hypothesis, it all rests on one giant question. One question. And what I need you to understand before we go into this is that if the answer to this question is no, the conversation ends. There is no reason to go further than that. It's all moot from that point forward. If the answer to this particular question, the one big fat question for tonight, if the answer to this question is yes, then the hypothesis deserves further exploration. So the question is, can we significantly impact the pH of our blood with the foods that we ingest? Okay? Can we significantly impact the pH of our blood through the foods that we ingest. Can the foods that we eat change the pH levels in our blood? That's the big question. Drum roll, please. The answer to that question, awesome drum roll. The answer is no. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming out. This has been AMA number 41. We're done here. That's literally it. See you guys. Just kidding. We're going to get into why this is false. I'm going to teach you the biochemistry behind it. You're going to understand it by the end. But I'm telling you, the answer to that question is no. Okay? So, what is the hypothesis? Let's talk about what they are correct about. Like I said, very few things that they are correct about in this whole thing. But there is one thing. That is the fact that digestion, the metabolic processes of digestion, create acidic and alkaline end products. That is true. It's even a weird name for it. It's called ash. Literally, food gets digested and broken down into these end products called ash. There is alkaline ash and there is acidic ash. This is very true. That is true. Now, because of this, the hypothesis vilifies particularly animal proteins, and this is where they get me very upset, particularly red meat animal proteins. Why? too much Mountain Valley spring water. Why? Because they produce acidic ash rather than alkaline ash. Vegetables and fruits, these types of things tend to produce alkaline ash, okay? So, if this is as far as you're, as you're willing to go, if this is as deep as you're willing to go into this acid-alkaline hypothesis, then the removal of animal products seems to make complete sense. And that is the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal here is to get you to a vegetarian or vegan alkaline diet presented as some miracle cure for basically everything, particularly cancer, okay? That's what they tell you. Now, these miracle protocols tell you to only eat alkaline foods in hopes of creating an alkaline environment in your body, particularly in your blood. They want you to have alkaline blood, okay? Then they take the claims even further and they preach things like, quote, cancer can't survive in a non-acidic environment or cancer 
can't survive in an alkaline environment, right? Or an acidic environment promotes osteoporosis. That's a big one. I'll probably touch on that a little bit less than cancer because the cancer thing is the reason why I'm doing this whole episode, okay? So we're going to focus there tonight. But all these claims have created created a massive industry, like a massive industry. Google the alkaline diet. It's insane. You get books, podcasts, bloggers, everything you could possibly think of, entire diet protocols, not to mention the endless supply of green superfoods and fruit smoothies and all of these things, even alkaline water now. It's like alkaline, 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 right? Everywhere you turn, it's this giant multi-million, it's probably a billion dollar industry, this alkaline diet thing. But what is it all centered around? If we are acid, okay? Acid or alkaline, which one are you? What environment is happening in your body? Well, luckily for you, they have another product you can buy that will tell you. These are called urine strips. These are urine pH strips. You pee on a strip, it tells you the pH of your urine to see if your body is acidic or alkaline. Does anybody listening to this episode right now, anybody watching me, you pee on a pH test strip to see the pH in your urine to find out if you are acidic or alkaline. Does anybody see the big giant problem staring them in the face right now? The big giant problem that this entire industry is focused on. Blinders, take the blinders off. Do you see the big giant problem? And I'm sorry to say this, but if you fall into this alkaline diet thing and you have bought pH strips, I'm probably about to make you feel a little bit silly. I'm really sorry. This is a common sense show, right? The pH level of your urine does not in any way, shape, or form reflect the pH level of your blood. A urine pH strip tells you next to nothing about your blood. Think about it. This is literally group think at its very best. This is what happens. It's so easy to overlook common sense when all we do is follow the leader with the clickbait headlines, everybody. This is what happens. You miss blatant, blatant signs from the universe like, hey man, this might not be the whole story. You should probably pay attention, right? The standard measure of acidic or alkaline is urine, which leads me into the actual science, okay? So we're gonna move past the nonsense now and we're going to get into the actual science. We are going to talk about blood pH, okay? Because of what I just said, I want to be very, very, very clear on something. There has never been a single study, not one single study ever, that even kind of remotely proves that we can, that what we eat affects the pH of our blood. Not a single study, not one, that even comes close to proving that the food we ingest impacts the pH levels in our blood. It doesn't exist, guys. The science doesn't exist. And of course, of course, what you eat is going to impact the pH level of your urine. Why? Because urine is one of the ways that the body excretes toxins. It's what the body is designed to do, right? We excrete acidic end products through urine specifically so that those end products don't end up in the blood. That's what these processes are there for. It's the same reason, if you've ever messed around with the ketogenic diet, which I have extensively, I did daily blood draws for over six weeks, deep nutritional ketosis, right? I have been in and out of keto for years at this point. I've done so much experimentation. I will tell you through firsthand account, this is the same reason you could do a blood draw and be reading in deep, deep ketosis and then test on a urine strip and it will show no ketosis whatsoever, no ketones in the urine. So you do a blood test and you have through the roof ketone levels and then you pee on a ketone test strip, pee strip, and show that you are not in ketosis. Why does this happen? Because the ketones are in your blood, not in your urine. When you first switch to a keto diet, everybody wants to pee on these little pee strips and make them turn purple. I'm in ketosis, I'm in ketosis. No, you're not. Your body is excreting the ketones because it doesn't know how to fucking use them. 
That's what's happening. It's going, I don't know what to do with this. Spit it out. Once your body becomes fat adapted and you learn how to use ketones for energy in your body, the blood will take on those ketones and stop spitting them out into the toilet. It uses them, okay? Urine is a reflection of excess stuff that your body is purposefully excreting. It's getting it out for a reason, okay? Urine measures excess. Always remember that. It's not in the blood and it's not directly correlated to the blood. The human body functions, I need to show you guys this. Now when we talk about pH levels in the blood, it's incredibly important. And I wanna tell you why, because the human body functions properly in an extremely narrow pH range. That is right around 7.4, okay? Right around 7.4. Now I want you to understand, this range of pH is so narrow that if this happens, if you go below 7.0 or above 7.7, you die. You don't get sick, it doesn't creep up on you, you don't linger at 6.9 pH for 10 years until metabolic disease creeps up on you somehow because of the acidic environment. If you go below 7.0, you go below 7.7, this is an actual death sentence. It is almost immediate death. It doesn't persist slowly over time. Again, remember that. We are talking about almost certain death. For this reason, the body has multiple processes that keep this blood pH right where it needs to be. It has multiple protective measures to keep it there, okay? So we have buffers in the blood plasma that literally compensate for changes in pH, keep things balanced. Then you also have this issue of carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is the most prevalent acid in the entire body, so what the blood does is carries the carbon dioxide to your lungs and you exhale it, aka excrete it, aka remove the acid from the body, okay? And then we already talked about urine. So the kidneys filter out these excess acids in the blood and you excrete them through urine. Hence why urine and blood pH are not correlated, okay? So the only time you're gonna see altered blood pH, like significantly altered blood pH, the only time this is gonna happen is when there is a serious medical issue that is already present, like a really bad medical condition. A couple examples of this are chronic kidney failure. And if you've ever done CrossFit, you hear people joking about this, or some people have actually got it or whatever, rhabdo. This is where your body's muscular skeletal, your, your, your skeletal muscles literally just start devouring themselves. It starts basically disintegrating. And while this, this muscle is breaking itself down, it's dumping specific proteins into the blood that can change, that can change the pH of the blood. It's crazy, but these are, these are already serious medical conditions that have nothing to do with alkaline or acidic foods. It just has nothing to do with it. The, the pH level change in your blood is a symptom of disease. It's not the cause of disease. And we're gonna get into this backwards thinking that is, that is happening in this alkaline diet world. We're gonna talk about that. But first, I wanna talk about it from an evolutionary perspective, okay? So if a tiny swing up or down, this is pretty tiny, 7.0 to 7.7. If a tiny swing up or down means almost certain death for a human being, it wouldn't make much sense to design the human body in such a way that if we eat the wrong types of foods, we can be killed almost instantly. We can just be a single meal, shift the, the blood pH, and all of a sudden we're just dead. That wouldn't make sense. We wouldn't be here. We literally wouldn't be here if you look at this strictly from an evolutionary perspective. So let's take this even further. There is a substance that you can ingest that could significantly impact the pH of your blood. That substance is in your house right now, most likely, and it's called baking soda. If you were dumb enough to take, say, a two liter bottle and pour a shitload of baking soda in there and just chug that water, try to get as much baking soda in your system as you could, it could potentially impact the pH level of your blood. However, more defense mechanisms you would get violently, violently, violently ill. The body would do every gross thing you can imagine to get that shit out of its system before the blood pH level is ever changed. You are going to reject that toxin so violently, you are going to be very, very ill. Think about it. There's defense mechanisms set up all over the place to ensure that this doesn't happen, you guys. You need to remember that, okay? So, Tom, I got 
Good. All right, let me see if we have any questions real quick. I can take a quick break and see. There's some stuff coming in here. Sam, why are you talking about carb manager right now? <laughs> and Sam, you're also not keto, so don't fall into that trap, all right? She said, for those of you that don't know, she said, has anyone else noticed the new keto recommendations in carb manager? Yes, I did notice, by the way. Um, what is the keto urine strips differ from that? Just wondering, uh, Marnie, can you clear that question up? I'm not sure what you're saying. Um, yeah, Sam, this makes no sense. You're in homeostasis and your urine has nothing to do with that. Correct. Urine is acidic most of the time. Yes, absolutely. But again, remember all of this acid stuff is how they sell you shit, right? Your urine's acidic. Better drink this green superfood. <laughs> That's what happened. That's literally what we're up against here. So let's see. All right, moving on. I want to drill this point home in a few different ways. Let's talk about the evolutionary perspective again. We think about this just from an evolutionary, evolutionary perspective because I'm a paleo guy. You guys know that. The foundation of everything I do is paleo, right? So let's talk about indigenous cultures, hunter-gatherer tribes. If we could significantly impact our blood pH through foods we ingest, human beings would not be here. We wouldn't have survived. Why is that? Because literally throughout all of human history, all of human history, till a little tiny sliver of time since agriculture, right? Our ancestors have always been up against something called food scarcity. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. Beggars can't be choosers. Do you think that throughout all of history, our ancestors got to choose every day between whether they eat whole grain bread or pre-rinsed kale or a superfood fruit smoothie each and every day. Which one do we want for dinner today, Janice? No, they ate whatever the hell was in front of them so they didn't die, so they didn't starve to death, okay? Yet here we are, centuries and centuries later, still existing, as a species, as human beings, filling the pockets of Jamba Juice and Smoothie King, fucking delusional, drinking whatever fruit smoothie that we think is warding off cancer and add in the $2 shot of wheatgrass, please. That'll really help. You know, that's what we're doing, guys. It's crazy. Like, really, just stop and think about it for a second. Take a look at the hunter-gatherer point of view, right? There are indigenous cultures throughout history that sustained on a caloric intake of almost 100% animal products. Literally close to 100% of total caloric intake coming from animal products. Now, again, all of these foods are considered what's called net acidic. So according to this alkaline diet, the acid alkaline hypothesis, if you're eating all animal products, you're going to have a skyrocketed acidic diet. Net acidic, right? Mostly acidic because all of your food is coming from animal proteins, mostly proteins, animal fats too, right? Fast forward to today, there was a large study done, this large review of 230 contemporary hunter-gatherer tribes that showed 68% of the diet was made up specifically of animal protein, not even fats, animal protein, an acidic food, one of the most acidic foods, right? It's meant to be completely avoided on this alkaline diet. This is 68% of their entire diet. So according to the bloggers and the people in this alkaline diet space, they should have had in their society rampant cancer, rampant osteoporosis, all sorts of chronic metabolic diseases, right? Yet, we see the exact opposite. Strong bones and completely absent of chronic disease as we know it in Western society. Completely absent. That's crazy, guys. Think about that. Just think about it for one second, right? Now, in case you're still not convinced, I am going to quickly jump into and expose how this is not only useless, I think useless, but also detrimental and potentially dangerous in terms of human health. So we're gonna jump into that, okay? Wild animal protein, Stuart, Heim, yes, great. Comment, yeah, which is why we go with 100% pasture-raised, grass-fed animals. That said, that doesn't really play a role in the acidity equation, right? So if, you're, if you strip down, if you take grain-fed beef and grass-fed beef, let's say, and just extract the amino acids, they're virtually identical. So I guess you could make an, arm, an argument that the fatty acids would have, they'd be slightly more inflammatory, slightly more inflammatory, like a higher ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s. But even that 
is not as big of a difference as you think it would be. Um, I just did a great podcast with Diana Rogers from Sustainable Dish about this. I'm going to release that. You'll be able to hear the whole thing talking about the actual nutritional differences between grass-fed and grain-fed. My biggest beef, (laughs) pun, see what I did there? My biggest beef between the grass-fed and the grain-fed is the ethical, moral issues, and really just what it's doing to the environment and all those things. I will always buy 100% grass-fed beef from a local farm. I know the farmer. That's the way that I do things. But anyway, just to touch on that that comment real quick. So let's talk about this cancer thing. The claim is that cancer can only survive in an acidic environment. We are going to put that to bed very quickly, okay? And this drives me nuts, and this is the reason why, a little side tangent here, this is the reason why I decided to do this episode, because I actually had somebody ask me if I'd ever done an AMA on the acid alkaline, the, the alkaline diet. And I think it's foolish, <laughs> so I just said, no, I've never done an episode on that because it seems pretty self-explanatory to me. Sometimes I forget that I probably should dive into some of these things because the wool's being pulled over people's eyes. So the reason why this episode is happening is because of cancer and because of what I see on the social media platforms, right? So I believe truly, I'm telling you right now, I think that people are well-meaning. I know that I get on here and I talk shit and I use profanity and I make funny voices and I I tease people. Let's drink a fruit smoothie, right? People's hearts are in the right place. I really think so. I'm here to entertain you guys. I've been an entertainer my whole life. I grew up in Rhode Island. I'm a shit talker, right? It's what I do. So I really think people's hearts are in the the right place. I think people are well-meaning for sure. But what happens is you'll see a Facebook friend put a post up and they're like devastated. They they might've gotten a diagnosis for their mom or their grandma or their brother or something like, oh my God, such and such who I love has been diagnosed with X form of cancer, right? And then what happens? All of the comments. It's prayers and thinking of you and all this and it's also terrible dietary nutrition and lifestyle advice. That's what happens. All these well-meaning people jump on there and start telling them, switch to a vegan diet, switch to a fruitarian diet, be vegetarian, no more animal products, and start juicing. You must start juicing. Do a bunch of fruit juice to get tons of vitamin C. Give your dying family member concentrated fructose in a glass. Give your family member fatty liver disease. Give your family member insulin resistance. Give them inflammation. Give them glycation. All drivers of metabolic disease. Sounds logical, right? No. They have literally no understanding of the biochemistry that is at play here. So let's dive in, okay? First things first, 7.4 pH. Let's remember this. Human blood is right about 7.4, like I said earlier. For that reason, I want to talk to you about cancer research. Now, quick class, we did the AMA on bad science, and we use the terms in vitro and in vivo. So in vitro is basically test tube. It's a test done in a test tube, petri dish type thing. That's in vitro. In vivo is in the body. In vitro is test tube basically outside of the body, okay? This is how the tests are done. So literally all of the cancer research we do with cancer cells in vitro is done in an environment that is perfectly mimicking normal human blood, which means a blood pH 7.4, an environment that mimics normal, healthy human blood with a normal pH. We literally grow cancer cells in labs every day in perfectly balanced human blood. No acidic environment required. This is irrefutable evidence that cancer can grow just fine in a non-acidic environment. Now, cancer does grow better in an acidic environment. This is what we're going to talk about. Cancer does grow better in an acidic environment. So some of you are probably looking at your laptop going, see, Justin, they were right. Cancer grows in an acidic environment. The question is, does cancer need an acidic environment to grow? No, not at all. So here's what's happening. Cancer grows better in an acidic environment, but they're getting the data backwards. And this goes back to 1931. There was a doctor who won the Nobel Peace Prize for this in 1931. His name is Dr. Warburg. I think his first name was Otto. 
Dr. Warburg won the Nobel Peace Prize. The quote that is attached to this is this man proved, quote, every single person who has cancer has a pH that is too acidic. I'll say that again for you. Every single person who has cancer has a pH that is too acidic. Okay? Seems logical. Again, heart's in the right place for sure. But like I said, the data was backwards. Okay? The causality was reversed. Every single person who has cancer, has cancer, has a pH that is too acidic. But the blood pH did not cause the cancer. The cancer caused the blood pH. Flip the script, everybody. Every single person who has cancer has a pH that is too acidic. The causality is reversed. Acid, the acidity, is a byproduct of cancer cell metabolism. This is what's happening. And this is what we're going to talk about. It all comes back to our good friend, sugar. Hooray for sugar, right? We'll call it glucose. So cancer cells live, thrive, survive on glucose. That is a fact. Tumors, malignant cells, do the same thing. They survive on glucose. They suck up glucose. They convert glucose into energy. They metabolize that glucose and produce energy. The issue is malignant tumor cells, these these malfunctioning cells, they don't produce energy in the same way that a healthy cell does. They produce different byproducts, okay? So these malignant cells burn glucose in a very different way and that metabolic process dumps lactic acid and carbon dioxide into the blood. Both are acids. Lactic acid, carbon dioxide. Through this malignant cell metabolism get dumped into the bloodstream, okay? Again, the cancer causes the acid in the blood, not the other way around, okay? Lactic acid and carbon dioxide are both acids. Yes, this does not mean that those acids cause the cancer. If this were true, exercise would cause cancer. How many people talk about lactic acid buildup? How much do you hear that? Does any kind of training whatsoever? Lactic acid buildup, lactic acid buildup, lactic acid buildup. Does anybody say that exercise is causal for cancer? The causation of cancer is exercise? What? Think about it, guys. Think about that for a second. Holding your breath increases carbon dioxide in your body. Holding your breath. You're not going to get cancer if holding your breath. You might die. Don't do it too long, okay? Medical disclaimer. Don't do that. So, let's get into the other issue with this. Vegan, vegetarian, right? If you take the alkaline diet to the extreme, eventually, you will end up vegan or vegetarian. If you take the alkaline diet to the extreme, all with the hope of preventing cancer and osteoporosis and all these other things, right? Now, for starters, the osteoporosis argument, there was a review published in the Nutrition Journal of 2011. This reviewed 55 trials, 22 of which were gold standard randomized trials, right? And of all these studies reviewed, the conclusion is, quote, a causal association between Dietary acid load and osteoporotic bone disease is not supported by evidence, and there is no evidence that an alkaline diet is protective of bone health. Okay? Interesting. Now, on top of all this, one of the primary drivers of both osteoporosis and cancer is irrefutably, my old friend that I never get enough of, inflammation. Now, the main dietary drivers of inflammation, as the Clovis community knows, are refined carbohydrates, gluten, grains, refined sugar, and yes, concentrated fructose, okay? Some of which are actively promoted on the alkaline diet, not to mention the issues with micronutrient deficiency, okay? The most common of these for vegans and vegetarians is vitamin B12, vitamins A and D, zinc, calcium, iron, and EPA and DHA fatty acids, all essential for proper human health, all wildly deficient on these vegetarian and vegan diets. So what's happening here is a diet that is being heralded for such great things as lowering risk factors for osteoporosis and cancer and even curing them is what people are saying. This diet that cures osteoporosis and cancer is 
actually wildly deficient in micronutrients essential for human health. This makes a lot of sense, right? Nope. Hope that doesn't make sense in your brain, okay? So before we wrap up, I'll do a couple more minutes here and then we're gonna get into live Q&A. Like I said, cutting these things down to an hour. So why did this catch on? Let's think about this for a second and I talk about it with the biggest loser study and I talk about it with BMR adjusting on any diet like or the fasting episode where I talk about you can literally lose weight on any diet and for some reason weight loss is like the only marker of health that anybody seems to care about or the pH stick that you peed on is suddenly another wonderful marker of health craziness, right? So what's happening is Surely there must be some benefit to this alkaline diet if so many people make the switch to it and claim that they've seen the light and their life is better and all these things, right? Yes, of course. But why is that? Let's get into causality. Correlation versus causality. Go back and watch the bad science episode, right? Why is this happening? Because if you think that you are at risk of cancer, or at risk of osteoporosis, or at risk of metabolic disease, maybe you have metabolic syndrome, maybe you're pre-diabetic, something like these, all these things which increase your risk of cancer, you've probably already made some bad decisions, which means you're probably on something pretty close to the standard American diet, where 60% of your calories are coming from refined foods, refined processed carbohydrates, vegetable oils, industrial seed oils, all that shit. So you're probably on some version of the standard American diet, or our old friend, the food pyramid, right? So what's happening here, you make a switch to an alkaline diet, you make a switch to anything that is primarily whole food based. They're going to tell you to eat a lot of whole, unprocessed, green leafy vegetables and fruits, right? I want you to eat all the green leafy vegetables you can possibly stomach. Why? Because they're full of fantastic micronutrients. I'm a big fan of them, right? Antioxidants, it's wonderful. But it has nothing to do with alkaline versus acidic. That's not why I want you to eat those things. And the changes that you're seeing, yes, you're ingesting more healthy vegetables and things like that. But if you're coming from a standard American diet, if you switch to anything that is primarily whole foods and less processed junk, you are going to see fantastic results very quickly. Keto, paleo, carnivore, low-fat, alkaline diet, whatever it is, right? Pescatarian, whatever you want to do. If you're coming from the standard American diet, you're going to see fantastic health benefits in the short term, right? Now, all it takes for an average person If you've been struggling with health issues and weight and all these things for a long time, for some of you come to me, you've been sick for decades, right? If some friend says, try this alkaline diet thing and you try it and you lose a ton of weight, that's great. But don't stop there. Do your research. Do your due diligence. Figure out what is best for your body. What I see happen is people make a switch to something like this where, guys, 10 to 15% of the American population 10 to 15% of lean individuals, which means skinny, literally like no excess body fat. They are the picture of health from the outside in. From the inside out, they have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Generally speaking, from concentrated fructose, high fructose corn syrup, all the sodas, all the drinks, all the smoothies, all this bullshit, right? So we got to stop with the weight loss thing too, but all that is to say, that's kind of a side note, but... You could switch to an alkaline diet and you could have benefits, right? But what happens with these people is after the first two weeks of these incredible benefits, they decide I have found the one thing, this is the thing I'm gonna do for the rest of my life, right? And then even as their results decline and the weight starts creeping back up and the chugging fructose from Jamba Juice is catching up with them, inflammation starting to happen, they get a little more pain in their joints, they're dealing with all these issues, they refuse to stop and say, wait a second, Maybe the alkaline diet was like a good little detox that I did. Got some of the processed junk out of my system. Cool. And you guys know I don't like the word detox. I'm just saying you basically ate clean for a couple of weeks. You went from standard American diet to eating whole foods for a couple of weeks, few weeks, got fantastic results. Congratulations. Move on. Right? I cannot figure it out with people. The same thing happens with vegans, with vegetarians, with keto. Everybody plateaus and then keeps doing the same damn thing until the plateau turns into a roller coaster and all of a sudden you're going down. You're going down. Stop banging your head against the wall. It's a definition of insanity, 
right? So this is the issue that I'm seeing is people just preach that this thing is like the end all be all for everybody, right? Because some people had some good results on it. And then all of a sudden it's the cure for cancer and the biochemistry is as absurdly weak as we pointed out here today. No scientific evidence backing up these claims whatsoever. Okay? I'm all for a whole food diet, guys. Go out and eat your leafy green vegetables. Absolutely. You know what? You want some organic blueberries? Have some damn blueberries. I love the antioxidants in there. Have a half cup, have a whole cup at night. I don't care. Do what you want to do, right? Fruits and vegetables. Hooray. Do your thing. If you're switching from standard American diet to a whole food diet, you're going to see results. But eventually, the roller coaster is going to creep in until you find Clovis. That's all there is to it, guys, right? Go to why, what is Clovis and why is it different? I've been through all the camps. I've seen all this stuff before, guys. I've seen everything. So all you have to do, just go to IamClovis.com. That's it. Plain and simple. Go to IamClovis.com. We'll talk about it from there. That's it. All right. That's my spiel on the alkaline diet, fact or fiction. I timed this thing almost perfectly because I wanted to leave about 15 minutes for some Q&As. So let's talk about this. Comments, acid reflux comes and goes. Always have ACV. Anything else to help that? All I drink is water, green teas, ginger, turmeric, teas, and definitely gut inflammation. Yes, okay, so one, you need to remove all triggers. Um, Mike, I don't think you have a plan for me. Go to I Am Clovis, get in there, get yourself a plan, and we can talk about this, but the freebies for you right now that are gonna dra- dramatically impact this, and I won't know until I know what you're eating, okay? Remember. The the answer is always, it depends. I need to know more about the individual. You need to remove the primary triggers, gluten, grains, refined sugars, soy, and dairy. Remove those right off the bat, okay? And apple cider vinegar, great. I'm glad that you have it. I hope that you're using Bragg's with the mother. That's what I prefer you do. And then my very favorite digestive enzyme, which will really help you, is um, called BioGest, uh, B-I-O. B-I-O-G-E-S-T, and this is by Thorne Research, and I trust Thorne wholeheartedly. Um, If you get into I Am Clovis, you'll get my whole list of brand recommendations for supplements and all that stuff. But yeah, apple cider vinegar, tablespoon, you know, right before every meal, take one capsule, BioGest, take two capsules if you have to, whatever. I don't know how severe your issue is. Um, We can jump into that. But what else we got? No soy, no cheese. I'm done with that shit. Good. Congratulations, man. That's great. Kernels of truth in all the camps, but just kernels. Yes, and I wish that people would would accept that and be cool with it. Why is it so hard to go from camp to camp and collect what you like, right? I say this all the time, guys. My favorite Bruce Lee quote, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is uniquely your own. That is the story of Clovis. That is what has gotten you guys all the results if you're on the custom nutrition plans. That quote right there, live it, right? How much greens would you eat a day then? Again, this is different for every single person. I eat a ton of greens. I eat probably two pounds of greens a day, close to two pounds. Um, It's at least a pound a day, and sometimes, you know, maybe a pound, pound and a half. Sometimes I'm eating two pounds of leafy greens. That's usually some combination of kale, spinach, and broccoli, all organic, and I actually buy all of my vegetables frozen because it's just more convenient for me. I'm super busy. Pull them out as I need them, put them in a steam basket with water, uh, not sitting in the water, just the steam. Steam them up, throw some coconut aminos on there, call it a day. Every now and then I'll mix a little smoothie and stuff, but that's maybe a couple times a month, honestly. Um, So... Probably a pound to two pounds of greens a day is what I'm getting. What else we got? Can someone please post some recipes for green leafy vegetables because they make me want to puke? (laughs) That's funny. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not the recipe guy. We'll, We'll have a Clovis cookbook for you. Don't worry, but I'm the last guy. I literally, that's all I do. I throw them in a skillet or I throw them in a steam basket and then I eat them. That's it. Coconut aminos, maybe some salt, maybe a little bit of uh, extra virgin olive oil. That's it. What else we got? Learn my lesson. Happy ex-vegan. Yes, that's awesome. I tell everyone that I stick with this. Reduce cancer risks. It's all over both sides of my family, including my dad. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's simply, it's an inflammation. It's a glycation. It's an insulin. It's, it, it, there's so much to it, right? But you have to understand the fundamental truth that cancer cells survive on glucose, period. Remember that. Why can the medical field not wrap their head around that fact? It's not about, so Sam, what you're getting caught up in 
is this idea, because guys, those of you that don't know, I know Sam and we discuss these things, right? So turning the medical system around, I mean, we spend $327 billion a year on type 2 diabetes alone, a completely reversible, completely preventable disease, $327 billion a year. Do you understand what would happen if that industry went away overnight or over six months or over a year? It would be economic chaos. It's not that they don't want to change. Now, there are some doctors that don't want to change because their careers are too engulfed in this, but obviously there's more and more functional medicine doctors every day. The practice is growing significantly, right? It's, it's entrenched, man. This is the way America is. 15% of the land in America is devoted to crops, grains, okay? We spend over $20 billion a year in tax subsidies just for grains to subsidize growing grains. So all of us in Clovis, we don't eat grains, right? So there's $20 billion a year in tax money being spent annually to produce grains. Not to mention when you get into soy and all this other shit, right? It's not as simple as why don't doctors understand this? It's, it's economics, follow the money. That's all it's ever gonna be is economics, ever. That's all it's gonna be. Nothing will change until America goes bankrupt. And with the current rate that we're on, go pick up the book. Sam, read Unconventional Medicine by Chris Kresser. You gotta read that book, Unconventional Medicine. We're 12 years away from 100% of America's GDP being spent on caring for the sick. That's economic collapse, everybody. If you wanna turn the cruise ship around a complete 180, economic collapse is a quick way to do it, right? What else we got? We dump that stuff in the pool I work at like we're baking a cake. Oh God, that's gross. I'm assuming you're talking about baking soda. Jeez. All right, we're back up to keto recommendations. Let me see if anybody else made any comments. What's your take on the keto diet putting cancer into remission? With moderate protein, of course, you know, gluconeogenesis. One, if you have cancer, you kind of have to worry about gluconeogenesis because you can't be active. But I don't worry about gluconeogenesis almost ever, right? Like if you do heavy resistance training, like you don't necessarily need to worry about these particular things. Like you, you, your body will, will create glucose as it needs it, right? Like everybody thinks that just if you eat too much protein, the body's just gonna spin it into glucose. It's not that big of a concern. There's a lot of people doing this kind of ketogenic approach, like keto gains, uh, K-E-T-O-G-A-I-N-S, keto gains with like the 30% dietary protein approach. Um, I take, I, I eat 30 to 35% of my daily calories, actually close to 35 right now is from dietary protein. But since you specifically asked about cancer, go pick up the book, Tripping Over the Truth. Um, I think his name is Travis Christofferson. You guys are making me rack my brain here. I love the AMA, the ask me anything portion of this. Uh, I think it's Travis Christofferson tripping over the truth. Um, the metabolic approach to cancer or something like that, but tripping over the truth, look up tripping over the truth. Yes. Basically speaking, the entire book is how the ketogenic diet can put cancer into remission. You're starving the cells of glucose, right? What else we got? How important is it to meet macros at every meal? Don't worry about it at all. Worry about the end of the day and that is it. And remember, I tell people, do not track as you go. I cannot give you a bigger piece of advice if you want to succeed on Clovis. Take the time, take your approved foods list, sit down at a table, nobody around, use the car manager app, use Google, whatever you have to do. Circle your favorite foods that you know you'll eat and look up the nutrition facts. Plan a perfect day. Just hit those numbers, that's it, plan ahead. If you try to, try to track as you go, it's gonna be 11 p.m. and you've eaten 800 calories and you're trying to figure out how you're gonna eat all your macros by the end of the day, right? Craziness. So um, don't worry about meal to meal, no, that's not a, now that said, the new Clovis cookbook, all of the recipes will be a perfect split for your macros, so awesome, pretty cool. I smell conspiracy, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's so wrong, it's so frustrating, I get it, but they're harming the patients, they're not helping them. Of course, yeah, but there's no money in helping them, right? What, what does chronic disease lead to? Chronic disease leads to chronic treatment. So again, you guys are, you guys are missing the point. There's, there's no financial incentive for anybody in the medical field to get people healthy. There is simply no incentive there. There's certainly no incentive. What if you were a pharmaceutical company and you could invent a pill that somebody took once and never had to buy it again, ever? That's not a sustainable business model. You have to understand that. It just, it has nothing to do with helping the patient. It just doesn't, right? What's the first thing that you would do if you got cancer? 
Well, it depends. <laughs> it always depends, right? It depends on the stage. If it was stage four, right? They're like, you're going to die. Um, I would do, I, you know what? I don't know that I want to go down this road. I just, I just stopped myself because I just, the medical advice thing, this is tricky. All right. Yeah. Uh, if it were me, I got to figure out a way to word this guys. I can't get myself in trouble here. Um, if it were me and it were like an advanced stage, I would, I'll tell you what you can, what I would explore, right? I would go out and I would research fasting and all the doctors in the world would tell me no, 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 because it's important for cancer patients to get all their calories and they don't care where they come from. I would research fasting, extended, prolonged fasting. I would research the work of Dr. Walter Longo and the fasting mimicking diet. I would research people who have combined prolonged fasting and intermittent fasting with traditional chemotherapy. I would research hyperbaric oxygen chambers. I would go to a very, very, very strict ketogenic diet with very low to moderate protein intake. I would research that and see what people have discovered surrounding these things, right? But none of that is medical advice. And I would never tell anybody to do that ever. I am not a doctor. That was not medical advice. Those are the things that I would go out and explore myself personally. I would do my own research on and then I would talk to my qualified healthcare professional and I would ask their advice compared to the research that I've done on my own. Okay? So I am not a doctor. I've never pretended to be an expert of any kind. I am a fucking moron when it comes to this stuff. I assure you. I do not know. Okay, so just understand that if it were me myself, I would explore researching those particular things. But again, that's not medical advice. Don't do that. If you take any of that advice from this video as 100% at your own risk, right? What else we got here, guys? It's about 856. So we're going to wrap it up here soon. If you guys have any last minute questions, things you want to talk about, there is a lot happening. Okay. Um, I told you guys I'm launching a brand new podcast. I'm waiting for that to go live on all of the different places, the Spotify's, the Overcast, the iTunes, the Google Play, all the things. I will let you know as soon as that's available. First episode is Dad, an interview with Papa Nault, uh, his health and wellness journey. We have some incredible people on the podcast. I'm booking people every single day. Going to keep that going. Um, this is going to get posted again on the Perfect Podcast, the normal podcast as it stands right now. This podcast episode will probably be up tomorrow, so you can get your hands on that. I'm trying to do better of making sure that when I do visuals, I'm at least putting them on the board and then speaking them in a way that makes sense um, so that, that people don't get lost because I know you guys really like to share podcasts because it's really easy for people to digest these podcasts at 1.5 speed, 1.25 speed while they're driving, whatever. So I'm going to be pushing the podcast thing a lot because I really want to get this information out to people. Um, another thing I want to say, guys, always remember to meet people where you were, right? And I really want to harp on that because it's it's too easy for me to get into entertainer Justin mode and start making funny voices, like I said. And I, I never want anybody to feel like I'm picking on them or anything like that. It's, it's uh, I did some lunatic things when I was a kid. The way that I ate, the way that I trained, all these things was so silly. And I look back and I just cringe. My bones hurt when I think of what I used to do to my body, what I used to eat every day, you know? So we've all been there. It's just a entertaining way for me to help you see some of the foolishness in this world, right? So I just want to I just want to help you guys do that. And I think the animation really helps. So if you ever think I'm being a dick, I'm sorry. Just kind of the way I present things, right? What else we got here? Shout out to Clovis. Love results and how I feel in just three days. Love soaking in the info. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, Callie. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Just looked up Biogest Thorn. Is it like probiotic? No, it's not a probiotic. No, it's a digestive enzyme. You can read the description and find that out for yourself. Get in there and read, brother. <laughs> I'm not Google. Go read. <laughs> it's not like a good belly shot. No, that's completely different, right? Completely different. All right, guys. So let's wrap this thing up. This has been live. Ask me anything. Number 41, the alkaline diet, factor fiction. I hope you enjoyed it. A little bit different, um, just something that I saw as a, uh, a little bit of an issue that I wanted to address. And I hope you guys learned a lot from this episode. I hope you kind of understand it now. So when you see this stuff creeping up, see it on your feed, all these things, you can, uh, you know, just approach it. Just have a deeper understanding. Like I said, have a deeper understanding than the clickbait Facebook title. That's all I'm trying to do, guys. We talked about the experts, right? I'm no expert. 
Just trying to bring your level of knowledge up a little bit. It's the best I can do, guys. All right? Try my best here. So, AMA number 41, The Alkaline Diet, Fact or Fiction. Thank you guys so much for watching. My name is Justin Nault, founder, CEO of Clovis. Go to IamClovis.com. IamClovis.com. Check it out. Get on there. See everything I have to offer. And oh, also, if you go to IamClovis.com, you get to see insane testimonies, before and after pictures, social media posts, video testimonies from some incredible transformations. You can be that next success story. Just go to IamClovis.com. If you've gotten this far in the video, you know that there is not an ounce of bullshit in my body. So if you want to make changes, go to IamClovis.com. Work with me one-on-one. We will change some shit for you. It will be amazing. We'll build a healthy life together. All right. You're awesome, Justin. Thanks, man. Thank you, Kerrigan. I appreciate it. Mike, you're welcome. Get the bio, Jess. I think you'll love it. Thank you guys so much. AMA number 41, The Alkaline Diet. Fact or fiction? My name's Justin Nall. Out. Have a good night. Bye, guys. I lost my way.